0: Hello, good evening. It is time to talk some French football once again. This is French Football Weekly, the podcast, and I am your host, Chris. I always say good evening, and I shouldn't do that because I always forget people could be listening at any time. So sorry about that. Uh, With me this evening, we have got three lovely guests to chat the weekend's action and talk a little bit of a European feel this week as well. So first of all, it's the regular Button Princess. That's what I'm going to call her from now on. It's uh, lovely Phil. Hello, Phil. I'm not sure I should speak to you after that. Hello, everybody.
1: Oh, what's wrong with Button Princess? That's lovely.
0: I've called Danny <laughs> on my other pod a lot worse. like I'm in a
1: pantomime or something. <laughs> it does, actually,
0: doesn't it? Yeah. I, need, I need to work on that. Nice. Uh, also, uh, the best Mets can get. Uh, it's, uh, it's not Jeremy Smith, actually. No, <laughs> it's, uh, it's the Royal Wren. Uh, it's Rich Helen. <laughs> hey, Rich. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, that, that's a first for me. Normally I, I get the two of you confused. This time I almost introduced the wrong person, so that's quite impressive. I, I, I wondered
2: <laughs> where you were going with the Mets A uh, Very you cleverly. You rescued it well.
0: I did, didn't I? Thank you. It's almost like nobody
2: will notice if
3: you say quietly.
0: Uh, and finally, uh, it's a first for me because I haven't potted with him before, but I will be tonight. Uh, it's returning guest. It's Connor. Hi, Connor.
3: I'm very well, thanks, Chris. How are you doing?
0: I'm good, thank you I'm good and uh I'm gonna have to pick your brain seen as uh I don't know who you
3: follow so uh who who is your your team of choice uh well I, I don't know how loudly I should say it, but I'm a marseille fan uh, i, I live I lived down in Aix-en Provence for a year and uh, I was coerced into it so here i wow. am
0: <laughs> well thanks for coming on connor we'll uh we'll we'll speak to you another time bye no, um, <laughs> that's uh that's all good actually and and i will certainly be uh know where i'll be coming to you uh shortly for uh, a little chat on on marseille so uh good stuff nice to have you aboard uh, right then we as we said earlier on at the start of the pod, we're going to kind of change things up a little bit this week because we want to put the focus on Europe but before we do that we are of course going to have a quick look back at the weekend's league action so as is tradition I shall give you the results and we're just going to very briefly pick out a couple of games uh, just to have a very sneaky chat a little about about as we go. Uh, First of all on the Friday of course it was uh, going back that was what the 14th of September now uh, the first Two games of the weekend saw so Nice beat Rennes 2-1. Sorry, Rich. Uh, Patrick Vieira is a happy man. He actually came from behind. Malang putting Rennes in front. Uh, an own goal, should be stressed. And uh, Alanson, Maximin and Lise Malou in the 89th minute. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, Rich, how sick were you at that point?
2: Uh, i wasn't sick it was entirely predictable <laughs> yeah, Rem were hopeless <laughs> the penalty i think we
1: which we, is now concerned that that little thing might be back um <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: it's um I, I did did feel for you i wasn't able to watch it after saying i was going to watch this one i didn't get a chance to do it i was quite annoyed but i did feel for you as i uh, saw the uh, the goal go in the last minute but hey ho um and uh, the second game of the Friday evening, PSG won a game of football. I know that's a big surprise to everyone. Uh, they beat St Etienne in a pretty one-sided affair at the Parc de Prince, 4-0, a heavily changed side, but goals from Draxler Cavani, Angel Di Maria, and probably most notably Moussa Diaby, his first yeah, his, in his PSG colours. Indeed, yes. Uh, 84th um, minute.
1: I did, um, kind of, uh, one of my Liverpool following friends... I did share with him that it's slightly weird that after a 4 nil victory, Le Keep writes an entire article about how bad your new left-back is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, John. to be fair, John Johnson did say that he felt they were being harsh about Burnett, uh, that he just needs to settle a bit, he wasn't that bad, and a lot of people did seem to come on board with that view. But it does make what we're going to come to talk about later a little bit more interesting. So, yeah, that was... Uh, an interesting sideline to to that uh, otherwise comprehensive uh, hammering.
0: Absolutely. I, w- I would say I, I'm quite a big fan of uh, Juan Bernat. I don't think he's uh, elite level, shall we say, but I think he's perfectly passable. And he's certainly an upgrade on Kazawa.
2: But then uh, Rich probably would be. He, so, he, um, to be honest, he should probably just have on his shirt, not not Bernat or Juan or anything like that. He should just have the name stopgap. Yes, or not Kazawa? One oh, of the two. Sure.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah well, why one. they got
1: rid of Yuri B? I mean, that seemed. Odd. I think probably... based, they already had a you know a perfectly competent left back who wasn't a star.
2: I think Maxwell, Max Maxwell's in the stand every week. Yeah, I mean, I he could still they... do a job, couldn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 yeah,
0: most certainly. I um, I think with Yuri wasn't there a little bit of talk that maybe he was the one who was a little bit more keen to go back to Spain? Wasn't
1: well, that all go to Spain? I think there was a bit of a well, fair enough. If if that's the case, but that did just mm. seem. It seems like they're just kind of switching in and out of. Um, yeah, you know, mid. Table kind of guys, but Stanley and Socky has just signed a pro contract, I think. He has. So yes, till 2021, was it, or 2023,
0: I think. 23,
1: something like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, maybe we'll get to see a bit more of him, although possibly not on Tuesday.
0: <laughs> yes, indeed. We'll come on to that in a second. Uh, on the Saturday games, we saw uh, Khan against Leon. Um, I want to just quickly uh, pull Rich's others on this game, if I may. Um, Rich, um, not so much talking about the game although we have to mention a delightful opening uh, goal from Mabel Fakia from a free kick which was a terrific goal um, Claudio Bovo equalised on the penalty spot Prince Oniange the greatest name in football ever uh, scoring to make it 2-1 to calm Before a late Mendy goal rescued uh, a point for Leon. by that time Kama actually down to 10 men Giku was sent off actually as early as the 55th mm. minute and uh, Sanko was also sent off uh, just past the 90 so Calm ended up with 9 um <laughs> <laughs> as you do no, I
1: just saw it. I just I'd been thinking I watched the first five minutes Thought, oh, oh this looks dull and watched a film and yeah. then came back just for the aftermath just Sanko stalking around the pitch as really you do. wanting to have a word with Raphael who was the guy who got him sent off yeah I was like this this was total chaos
0: I mean I, I was doing I was watching this sort of game sort of doing that thing you do where you're, you're pretending to do other things but it's on your phone and you're just keeping an eye um, by the end I was sort of very much glued to the phone. Mm. Um, what I wanted to ask, uh, Rich, I'll ask you on, on this one just briefly. Uh, firstly, I mean, I'm just going to give some credit to Khan because um, my uh, campaign for Khan, as I'm now going to call it, to finish high up and prove you all wrong, is, is, in, is in good good health. Uh, but it's, it's Leon I wanted to ask you about, Rich. We are going to talk a bit more about them in a moment, Champions League-wise. But just in terms of domestically, I know we touched on it last week. Should, should they be... Concerned at this point in the amount of chances they're given up, the amount of goals they're given up. I know they're still settling. I know there's a lot of change around, but I watched them in this game, as I said, and, and a lot of the, the game they just seem so open and and so susceptible to. Again, you know, as much as I like can, they're not exactly well beaters, are they? And and I just get concerned that. They could go to. I was going to say Main Road. Then they could go to the city of Manchester Stadium and get absolutely pounded, and that wouldn't do their confidence any good in a, you know, a legal, that's just fairly open, barring PSG. So, have you got
2: any concerns that I share with Leon at the moment? Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think defensively they, they don't look as as secure. Um, I think that Denayer and, and Marcelo partnership has has yet to to gel. Maybe we just need to give them a little a little longer. Um, Fulham Mendy you know he's still a, a decent left back he's still a little bit rash when he's in his own penalty area I I personally think that 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 Kenny Tete was a little hard done by I think Leo Dubois perhaps you know as a more experienced league and player as well should be given a, a, a you know a shout down that that right hand the uh, right full back position I've not been totally convinced with Raphael um <laughs> He's been okay, you know. I'm not, I'm not gonna not, not gonna slate him, but I think they could do a little better. But it's for me, it's 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 that young midfield trio that we we saw sort of shining so brightly last season, um, and particularly um, I think Ndombele I think has just struggled to hit the ground running this season. Um, obviously, there's a lot of expectation on him. There was a lot of talk of, of a potential transfer over the summer. And, yeah, I just think there's one or two players there that haven't hit the form of last season yet. Um, now, it's it's pressure on Ginesio. Um, not only, obviously, because of the sheer amount of pressure he's getting from from the fans, but it's pressure on Ginesio now to sort this out. You know, he's got the players. He's been allowed to bring in some some really good players, I think, in the transfer window. He's now got to, to manage this squad, um, have a think about his formation, and have a chat with some of these players as to... Well, what, what do they need? What's happening? Why aren't they at their, their form? You know, it's, it's, it's a little worry. You know, I'm a big fan of Gianessio, but unless he sorts things out fairly soon, it's, I don't see it ending well for him. No,
0: no, no, I agree. We will, I say we will touch briefly. Uh, I say briefly, we'll, 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 cover Leon in a second in, in European, but I just wanted to get a, a quick heads up on where we think about them, uh, legal wise. Um, the, uh, the next team I just want to put a very brief focus on, uh, Phil, I'm going to do this with, with yourself. Lille, uh, mm. they won 3-2 away at Amiens. Uh, they survived a late scare. Um, Nicolas Pepe scoring a hat-trick before you all have heart attacks. There were two penalties involved, mm. as to be said. Um, but uh, three goals, they were three up and all was well. And then late goals from Kazoa and Godosh, making the score a bit more respectable. Um, the kit aside, which is, I mean, I'm a fan of fluorescent, but that kit is hideous. Uh, that aside, Lille seem to be slowly but surely recovering. They're in post-Bielsa yeah. recovery, and yeah. they're up to third in, in Liga now. What is their ceiling this season? Is it just that they've uh, had a good start, or do
1: you, do you see them turning off? I think they've, they've had a good solid start. They're, they look more organized, they look less confused which possibly is part of the Bielsa situation. I mean, this was a weird match because there were actually three penalties. Um, now, Pepe scored uh, two um, with Regis Gertner, who is a very good goalkeeper. Looked like he'd just woken up, been dragged through a hedge backwards, etc. Not getting to either of them. Um, but Amion also had uh, a penalty awarded for them. And Mike score, uh saved his fourth of the last four. He's a I machine. Think he, isn't he? I think he saved seven of his ten professional yeah. penalties <laughs> faced. I mean and it was and in a sense you could see that it kind of affected the 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 taker. It, it wasn't in the corner, but I mean it was a good save. So I think that was an interesting one because obviously apart from that you'd have been looking at, you know, a three three draw. So I think Leal have still got, you know, some distance to go. Uh, But it is looking promising. But it's been a bit... So they beat Rennes. They drew with Monaco. Fine. They beat Gangon, Wouldn't everybody. They lost to Angers. And now they've beaten Amiens, which could have been a bit different. It's still not looking massively convincing. But it is looking uh, kind of a bit more reassuring for the Liloire faithful. And, of course, uh, Montibar, who they lost on loan in the summer... Um, to Strasbourg uh, was the guy who uh, got the late equaliser against Montpellier to get them a point. It's like they're having an impact all over the shop. So it was a, a fairly chaotic game that took up most of the multiplex uh, because with the four games on Saturday night, they were the only ones... Uh, no, it was um, Dijon and Angers were the only ones to have actually scored anything early doors. Um, but then they uh, they came in uh, with a, a big flurry in the second half and there was a lot of shouting of you know and it's a penalty at Leal and then we all had to go and watch whatever the hell happened then so I think it's interesting but they've you know got to keep this rhythm going and make it more of a rhythm given uh, some of the some of the results that come in so far have been a bit odd so I think they need to Still need to solidify a bit on that front.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree with everything you said. There, I'd like to <clears throat> add to it, but I don't think I really can. To be honest, other than to say that the uh, the job uh, Gautier's is doing there seems to be a good one. Uh, well, I
2: think there's the miracle of Gaultier playing, Gaultier side playing exciting attacking football,
1: <laughs> Yeah, it? I think, think we're, we're all um, both surprised and and you know,
0: he'll be, be he'll Please be bringing back home.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: and <laughs> the yeah. snowballs. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> That's and all, and all of the above <clears throat> excuse me but um yeah i mean as i say so far so good for for project leal um Shekka is a player i i quite like a lot um, i don't know what it is it's just a player that i quite like <clears throat> and of course they brought back um Rui Fonte as well, uh, dug him out of the cupboard. So um, yeah, uh, and, and I don't think I think Loric Remy was a sub in this game, wasn't he? So hasn't even hasn't even sort of hit the ground running in terms of of his um, his starts of the season. So things to build on for for Lille. Um, right, back to the other results. Then uh, Dijon, rather surprisingly, I thought losing at home to Angers three uh, one. They went ahead through where was he? Said, but uh, goals from Bahoken uh, Tate and Santa Maria. And the uh, win for Angers there, a very very valuable three points for them. All the goals in the first half as well.
1: Mm. I think uh, our our good friend uh, Thomas, who is a uh, an Angers fan, is like, yeah, I think this season we're going to have a lot of kind of slightly frustrating watches punctuated by really weird results. Yeah, yeah,
0: perfectly summed up. There we go. It. <laughs> yeah, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, rather surprising results as well, Strasbourg getting a point in Montpellier surprised me. Although it was a last, last minute equaliser, and a Motiba, Uh with uh, Damien Latelik um, putting Montpellier in front. I am I am a, a very big fan of that Montpellier kit. I know I mentioned kits too much on this podcast, but
1: it is lovely. Yeah, the kit is fine. The the scoring. The, the team is is not fabulous, and the mm. defending can late on have an issue. But this week we did um, say happy birthday to Vittoria Hilton, the captain of Montpellier, the centre back, forty one years old. God bless him. Still playing at the highest level, and still, yeah, he's a machine. Sadly, somebody else missed the uh, marking on the last minute
0: goal. Y- Yes, yes, that is uh, slightly a shame, but never mind. Uh, a point is better than none, as the saying goes. Uh, mm. Toulouse also picked up a point, although they would have probably felt that they could have got more, um, as they drew with Monaco, who again continued to flatter to deceive, dare I say. putting them in front.
1: But, but that was uh, a fabulous goal. It's it like, was, yeah. Other than that, they looked really, really toothless, but that was a really toothy goal yeah
0: know. and and that is exactly the word for Monaco's tooth so I think when Falcao is not scoring and they're refusing to unleash the Pellegrini as I shall now affectionately call it um they just don't look like a side that has as many goals in it this season which is a worry and a shame given what we've enjoyed previously um which segues us nicely on to not nil ram nil uh nothing to see here <laughs> there was plenty to see, however, in Bordeaux on Sunday, uh, as uh, Bordeaux played out a three-all draw with Nîmes, who continued to have a lovely old time since their promotion. Jimmy Brion with two goals for Bordeaux. He put them in front for golame and Bobichon equalised. Oh, sorry, put uh, Nîmes in front, having equalised. Brion the second.
2: Yeah, a really good free kick, that Bobichon. Wasn't it just? Yeah, yeah. and got um, a, He got a brilliant goal against... Uh, PSG? Uh, PSG. Yeah. Just before the international break, so that's two mm-hmm. in two and two for him.
0: He'll uh, he'll no doubt be at, uh, be at Burnley next season. Um hopefully not. <laughs> and uh... It's uh, with the uh, third goal for Bordeaux, putting them 3-2 up before Bozzock, Uh of course. So Bozok getting the equaliser for Neem. Is that his,
1: his first goal of the season now? Yeah. I, I think it is, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, but I think yeah. hopefully this is a floodgates open
0: moment. I think he'll get goals. He looks like oh, a sort of yeah. player who will score goals, doesn't he? And yeah. got this one today, I say so today, yesterday, to get the point for Neem. So a 3-3 draw. And the final game of the weekend, which I do just want to put a couple of moments on. Uh, Connor, I'm looking at you. Um, Marseille beating Gangon by four goals to nil. Now, th- if there was ever a game where you'd say a sale of two halves, this was it. Um, Marseille in the first half, fairly toothless, looked a bit frustrated. The Natives were a bit restless. I didn't actually think Gangot were that bad. They didn't have any shots, but they didn't look particularly poor. Um, and then Tovan and Payet took over, Connor, and um, we saw two special goals in this game. What's your sort of thoughts on, on Marseille as a whole this season and indeed that second half performance and how, how much Rudy Garcia changed them at halftime?
3: Yeah, well, I think it's one of those things you need to take into account the fact that Marseille have you know, historically been good or in the last few seasons always been good against the poor teams. Uh, it's been against the good teams that they've fallen down. Um, so obviously Marseille fans will be hoping that this will be uh, more of the same with the weaker teams and then having beaten Monaco uh, a couple of weeks ago that they can actually reverse that form Um, But as for the match against Gangon, like you say, first half, not really much to talk about. Uh, Very dull, very few shots on target. Gangon didn't have a shot on target all game. I'm not even sure Marseille had one in the first half. Um, And then I'm not actually sure how much tactically it changed at half time. I think it was obviously the first goal was probably the luckiest out of them. Tovan with the looping header over um, the hapless goalkeeper um and then well Payet I mean we could have had a goal of the season tournament just for this weekend alone You <laughs> mean we've already mentioned uh quite a few of the goals but Payet just by himself uh that goal was you know really something to behold um even though the goalkeeper got a touch in it which maybe ruined it aesthetically <laughs> but um and then of course um Tovan again with uh, another fantastic goal but not even nearly the best in the game um but like I said it's just more of the same from Marseille they're good at killing off the bad teams and you just have to hope that you know, they can turn it around against the better teams. And uh, with Leon coming up next weekend, that's the the big test.
0: I, I would do have to just talk to you quickly about those goals, though, because, um, I mean, they warrant their own little discussion. Um, some people say Tovans was, was even better, but we'll talk about Pires first of all. It reminded me of Robert Pires' goal at Villa Park, um, for those English connoisseurs amongst us, um, for Arsenal in, oh, God, 2000. And one, two, maybe. Uh, no, it's before that. Anyway, it's in the gold kit, um, where he sort of lobbed Michael from the edge of the box without even thinking. It's an outside of the foot, sort of almost pass into the air with pace. That's the only way I can put it. It's on the volley. Um, as you say, goalkeeper gets a touch, but it was it, beaten for the minute. It's one of those. The minute he hits it, you know it's in. Um, and tovans the, the finish was quality, but the control mm. um, is what makes that. Because anybody else, I mean, they put a foot out and it goes out for a goal kick, and to, to it's, it's, I can't even describe how he controlled it. He almost controls it by bringing it down and then up into the air at the same time, and it's almost like the defender is completely caught out. Did you
3: have a particular favourite of those two goals, or were you just sort of in awe of both? Well, yeah, as you say, the um, the touch before was great. I think just uh, maybe it's well, it is definitely perf- personal preference. I always prefer a good uh, whack from outside the box, so I oh, go yes. with uh, Piets. Yes, yeah, I agree. There was there was, there was two, and
2: it was uh, it was kind of touched upon. Two things I think that I don't know, tarnished is maybe a little strong, but as, as he said, as kind said, sort of aesthetically, just damaged it slightly. As one, When you see on the replay that that, that got a good hand to it? I think that always for me, you know, you want to see it hit in the back of the net, pure. But also, it was it was quite central. And whenever I see those goals, I'm like. Oh, that's mm. right. I really wish it was top corner. <laughs> or oh, the I, live I, angle would look great. <laughs> I, I really do. Um, I, I thought that Tovan goal was brilliant. I thought that first touch and and um, oh, I think there's a there's an OM fan account, Lino Trays. I think the guys mm. um, who did a side by side with a a Robin goal, i Robin goal, and it's it's identical, absolutely identical from the first touch to the second touch into the penalty area to the third touch to cut inside. Fourth touch curl to the top corner. Mm. Um, it was in a it was a really really good game um, for, from him when he you know, he needed to step up. He didn't have as, you know, along with Marseille he didn't have the best of halves, but um, yeah, again he comes to the rescue. We had a couple of good thwacks from outside the area
1: because as well as uh, obviously Tielemans, which was a lovely goal. Was that the one that went in off the crossbar?
3: I love it when that happens. Yes, and over um, like, uh, the goal line. Technology to let us
1: know it was yeah. in. <laughs> uh, there was also, I think, um, was it Lise Malou for Nice? He got a screamer. That does ring a bell. Yes. That
3: was a, nice, a but, really but nice. uh was very, very nice uh, for Angie. Mm. Um, that was one of the best of the weekend, I thought, as well. Yeah. No, there were There were a lot of good
1: good long range efforts and those are always the ones that end up in the best goal of the the season kind of things because they're just so unlikely and you know statistically speaking so kind of silly to try but god we love it when they come off
0: you can't you can't beat them just just a very very quick side because i do just have to mention it just because it's any excuse to mention him uh anybody Mm. else sees latan's golf or oh my god (laughs) Didn't that I remind thought... you of uh, that goal with the, the backheel flick against, uh, was it um, yeah, Bastia? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Oh, he's, he's just, I mean... No, it's
1: like I, my entire timeline that morning was basically this video of Zafan. Yeah, sorry, I can't be asked I'm, I'm going to make juice. I'll be fine. And then I finally washed it and it was like... Uh, He's um he's, he's quite
0: he's quite good at football, isn't he? Um, that's the truth of the matter. But I did just have to drop that in. Um, and I quite liked his quote afterwards, where he said that he's added, uh, was it he added Toronto to his list, and I think Galaxy have conceded something like twenty odd goals in the last four games. So, um, you can you can sell the products, Latin, but um, they are no, no PSG.
1: He has his job. <laughs> yes indeed and, and he does it well yeah. and he is not giving a shit about anybody else's job classic, classic latan. that's what we yeah. like don't ever change
0: anyway uh, that will do for uh, the results on the weekend um, we will just give you a, a very brief overview of how the table looks if my uh, wonderful desktop will wake up um, which it's going to take its time doing so oh there we go Oh, we got there in the end. Right, so PSG at top. We, we kind of predict that. Played five one five. one uh, 15 points, followed by Marseille, Lille, and Toulouse, rather surprisingly, in fourth. Uh, They're on 10 points each. Dijon, Montpellier, Lyon, Nîmes, Rennes, and Ram make up the top 10. With uh, Nice just outside in 11th on the same point, 7. Uh, with Angers, Kants and Etienne, Monaco rather surprisingly down in 15th uh, on 5 points. Strasbourg and Nantes also on the same points with Amiens, Bordeaux and poor old Gangon. Played 5, lost 5, uh, minus 11 goal difference, bottom and pointless. Sad times. Right. We'll come back to Out to finish the pod off uh, where we have a look at some games for the weekend. But we're going to go European focus now and uh, we're going to go full hipster. We're going in reverse order. We don't want none of that champions nonsense. We want to start in the, uh, the grit of the Europa League. Um, First question I have to ask, uh, please chime in, any of you guys. But uh, am I right in saying the staggered kickoffs this year? It's all changed, hasn't it? No, I mean, well, in both
2: tournaments. Yeah.
1: Tournament. Uh, what, what what are the kickoff times these days then? Because I'm struggling. Well, to... yeah, already... like five a... as normal is like well in my time zone, five to seven, and then nine o'clock. So, okay oh yeah so, uh, so uk time but that that's always 5. been the same five to five to six and and eight o'clock but that's always been the case they've always done a kind of two sitting in a restaurant situation yeah they have so many bloody games to fit in and um, champions league
0: we're looking at we're looking at five think, fifty-five and eight the, o'clock how bizarre but no is that?
1: they're I think they're mostly still at eight o'clock. It's yeah. It depends yeah. on location and time zone for
2: two each. There's 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 yeah, there's two games each round, I think. So yeah, like you've the Barcelona Tottenham group to Tottenham in- into That's right. That's at right. Six kickoff. Yeah. How bizarre. Well, it'll never work. Unless, unless you're know. lucky enough of course to have to go all the way to Kazakhstan to play <laughs> you <laughs> play at two thirty in the afternoon. <laughs>
0: from from a man who supports a team who's got A Ukrainian side, uh, oh, I don't even know the bloody hell we've got. We're literally going everywhere. We've got a group so bizarre that one of our players isn't even allowed in the country. I mean, you've got to love Europa League. Oh,
3: God,
1: I saw that.
0: (laughs) Bizarre. However, um, hopefully our French teams uh, have got a pretty good chance in the Europa Mm. League, which is why we're going to start there. We're going to go kind of in in group order as if they've been drawn. So that starts us with Bordeaux, um, who wants the short straw on paper group c looks a fairly winnable group i think um fc copenhagen oh, yeah. slavia prague and Zenit and petersburg probably this is the one that i would be concerned about um connor i'm going to be mean because uh i can't have you talk about marseille all the time yes. um <laughs> what do you um what do you make of, of bordeaux's chances in that group do you share my optimism or are you more sort of looking at their league on form and thinking mm, not so sure
3: uh, I'd say slight pessimism, but I think they should get through. I don't think they'll win. You know, you mentioned there as well, Zenit, uh, probably the the favourites for that group. Copenhagen, you really can't write off. I mean, they play most of their seasons in the Champions League, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, um, and then you would probably expect them to beat um, Prague. Um, so I guess it's just the maybe hopefully a second place for them. But um, just one side note for that group. I think that's you know some amazing away trips there. You got Copenhagen, Prague, St Petersburg. Who wouldn't want
2: like, to be a Bordeaux fan? Sounds like a stag dude, doesn't it? Lot, <laughs> exactly. After the way this season started, I think a lot of Bordeaux fans don't want to be a Bordeaux fan. I
0: think. <laughs> Put those claws away, Richard Allen. Um, well, soon see, as you piped up, let me get your thoughts as well. Um, are you? Uh, what, what do you sort of make of, of the way that the, the fixtures for? I mean, is it key for Bordeaux to get off to a winning start? It sounds like a silly question, but with Europa League, you can usually sort of start slowly and work your way forwards, but. Looking at that group match day
2: one is is it important that, that Bordeaux get off to that best possible start now? Well, it's important because it is as you say match day one. It's also important because it's against the team they should probably be beating home and away. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, for me, when the when the when the groups were drawn, you thought, yeah, okay, this is a decent this is a decent group for Bordeaux, but their form in the league has been so mm. poor. I mean, you know, one one win ironically against Monaco aside. I think they've been pretty average. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they—they, they, you shouldn't really be conceding three goals at home to Neem. I don't care how entertaining and, and brilliant Neem can be, you shouldn't be conceding three at home to them. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, I have who con- I- to Strasbourg. Yeah. <clears throat> so I just, I just have concerns that, um, I mean, it may, it may even be the old blessing in disguise of get out of Europe to focus on the league. It's that, it's that kind of form. That. But um, It wouldn't be the first time that Bordeaux have done it. They have a, a recent history of putting all their time and effort into qualifying to Europe to then get themselves out of Europe so they can focus on qualifying for Europe. Um, but Bizarre, you know, the way, the way that their season has started, I think it's, it's, it's going to be a tough old season for them. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see a, to see them get a, a, a defeat here, but really they should be going out and wanting to get this. I suppose we're going to get an indicator of how seriously they're going to take this competition because you know a loss a loss in this game, and to be brutally honest, they may as well write it off already, even after just one game.
1: Yeah,
0: they should I say
2: it's, it's Slavia Prague away
1: situation because uh, Bordeaux's only win so far has been against Monaco. They are 19th in Ligue 1. Uh Slavia Prague are top of the Czech league, um, having won seven out of their eight games. And the only game they've lost has been to Jablonek, who are the team that Ren will be playing in Group K. So I'm not sure you should be looking at Slavia Prague and saying... Oh, this is the team they should be beating home and away. Have we seen
2: Bordeaux play this season? I'm not sure. Well, no, uh, yeah, but, but in yeah. terms of the group, when you see the group being drawn, that's the that's team. The isn't team it? that you'd be focusing on on well, winning. Maybe winning it's your home and away not again.
1: the team everybody else is focusing on, saying, "Oh, yeah, we can beat them home and away." Well, mean, I'm
2: sure, yeah, I'm absolutely sure yeah. Bordeaux are the team that people are thinking are there for the taking.
0: I,
1: I don't. I don't think any
0: of those three teams come to France and get points personally. I know that's probably a, a slightly um over <laughs> slightly. the top view. Yeah, probably. But I, I just I mean Zenit don't travel well full stop wherever it is in Europe. Um Slavia Prague the same and, and Copenhagen, you never know what you're gonna get. And I, I just I just don't think that I, can, I think I can see Bordeaux picking up nine points from the home games uh, away from home, not so sure But I that's think a,
2: That's a Khan-esque prediction. It, <laughs> it is, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and, and when I'm right, I shall remind you of this this <laughs> podcast and say, so, there you go well, and when, they've, when we'll, they've lost all three home we'll games We'll come on
1: to this when we do the, at, at, the at the end of the European uh, section, looking at all of the teams, if we hmm. can uh, come back to that, I think that would be uh, would be useful Yes
0: yes yes we will um we will indeed um but we will we'll switch groups uh, we'll move on to the the next yeah French representation if I can put my teeth in um, which brings us to Marseille in Group H um, because I think men are further down the list somewhere or other I can't see them at the moment but we'll, we'll look at Group H that's the one. Um, so in Group H we find Apollon, Limassol Eintracht Frankfurt, Mighty Eagles Lazio and of course Marseille themselves. Um, Phil let's start with you on this one again on paper um, it, mm. it looks Sort of one of those groups where, realistically, any of the the three "quote unquote" big guns should be looking to qualify. I'm
1: not so sure I can call the winner of the group though. Um, no, I, 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 I'm not sure Frankfurt count as a big gun after. Maybe I mean, they, they got in because they 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 won the cup last season. They're currently, I mean, they've only played three games. They're not doing too well in the Bundesliga. What I'm looking at here is that. Lazio obviously kind of did for Nice in in a previous season this is kind of a a tricky group to to navigate if Frankfurt Mm. pull themselves together because Lazio are going to be Lazio now what we've seen with um the kind of the run-up to this game is there's going to be I think it's closed doors
0: Yes, going is, to be yeah. closed
1: doors. So a bunch of Frankfurt fans, a thousand, I think, Frankfurt fans had bought tickets, had bought, you know, booked time off and bought hotels and flights and stuff, and we're going to come down. Then they were told it's closed doors. So they're like, "All right, we'll, we'll come down. We'll see Marseille. We'll have a party, whatever." And the prefecture has basically put put out a notice saying you are banned from being in Marseille if you even appear to be a Frankfurt fan. It's like the hell are these guys supposed to do and actually the the marseille fans are like well this is ridiculous as well you know it's it's basically it's hurting everybody not just uh not just the club so heaven alone knows what will happen on thursday in marseille i would imagine there would be a degree of accommodation uh, where there will be a bunch of frankfurt fans having done some sightseeing sitting by a bar somewhere and the police just not bothering to show up
2: but but there'll, be, there'll, be a coach load, there'll be a coach load of German OAPs in, in, a, in a jail on Thursday night but yeah, I mean just a ridiculous approach
1: to take because as uh, yeah, indeed it was again I think Lino Torres who is a, a very good follower on Twitter if you are interested in in Marseille is basically saying there is no rivalry between these two clubs there is not going to be a riot that kicks off here no you know? be an I mean, adult about this so it was that's kind of disappointing that the you know the innocence the penalty put against Marseille is just going to have really big knock-on effect
0: yeah yeah it, it, it is going to be a slightly surreal atmosphere um Connor what do you sort of make of it are you going in fairly confident I mean the reason I call uh, probably calling Frankfurt a big gun is maybe a bit too far but what we would say is they're a named side. Um, the, the main reason I pulled them out is because they're one of the teams I follow in, in the Bundesliga. So I've seen a little bit of them. And since they've lost their, their head coach to Bayern Munich, um, I think it's fair to say things have changed a little. Niko Kovac moving on. But they have got players that can hurt Marseille. Are you any, have you got any sort of concerns in particular when you look at Rebic, who had an outstanding World Cup for, for Croatia? Um, Seb Haller, who we probably know a little bit about as well, they've got a decent midfield. Um, Is there a concern going into the first home game, with it being behind closed doors, that if Marseille don't get off to a good start, that they'll struggle to make ground in the group? Do you think?
3: I think, just to quickly step away from that match, I think Lazio will win the group. I think they'll win it quite comfortably. Um, you know with uh, Immobilier up front who was joint top scorer wasn't he for um, Serie A last year um, I think they'll win that group so I think it's between the other two which kind of brings on that extra level of importance uh, for this game which will be behind closed doors so very interesting to see you'd hope that Marseille with their home form would take that but as you say I don't think it'll be as straightforward as some people might think They, they do have those players Rebic who had a great world cup uh, even Marco Fabian's still there, I think. And then they've got Kevin yep. Trapp on loan as well. So maybe a bit of PSG um, <laughs> influence there and he'll have some extra motivation. But we'll see. Um, I think they should get it done, but it's not a foregone conclusion at all.
0: Mm, yeah, a couple of other players to look at. Filip uh, Kostic is another one, um, as well as you mentioned. Marko Fabian Kacinovic is a decent midfielder, as is Mark Stendera. So there are there are talents in that in that side. It's just a question of what turns up on the night. Um, but yeah, I, I would say Marseille are, are probably one of the two um, that that should go through that group. All things uh, all things being equal. Um, Rich, anything you want to add on this group at all? Have
2: we, anything you want to to slide into that group? No, I, I think I just just echo that. I mean, I, I'm a. I believe that that Marseille have enough to get through this group. I think they could get through this group relatively easily. Um, I'm not sure it'll be as group winners, but yeah, I think I think they have enough. I think regardless of the situation we got, uh, with the with uh, the the closed doors game on Thursday, it, it, I don't think it will phase them. Um, you know, they showed last season that they were a very capable team in the Europa League, um, having gone all the way to the final. So. I don't necessarily see that again this season, but um, I think this is a group that's 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 pretty pretty comfortable for them.
0: Yeah, yeah, agreed. Okay, we'll we'll stick with you for a minute then, as we round off the the French representation in Group K, as Ren are joined by Astana, Dynamo Kiev and Chap J- uh, J- J- Couldn't even couldn't even pronounce that. I tell you, one of them days today, put the teeth in. Um, pronouncements aside or pronunciation aside. Um, how, where do you feel? You, you mentioned obviously how Rem were at, at the weekend; they were they were poor overall against Nice. Um, do you? Is there any side of you that's confident? Put it that way. I mean, you open up at home on Thursday again. It's that whole get off to a good start kind of thing. I, I think that's going to be absolutely vital. Um, and Jeblonek is you'd say the weaker of the th- of the four teams. Any concerns though going into this this
2: group and in concerns of the other two opposition? Um, only the travelling side, really. Um, uh, you know, I think it's 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 not the group every Ren fan wanted. You know, I think Ren, every all the Ren fans wanted at least one slightly more glamorous um, glamorous side, but that never that never materialised. And instead, it's a uh, uh, you know thousands of miles across across Europe and halfway across Asia by the fields <laughs> Uh, in their group, but no, I, I think it's going to be a. It'll be a fun atmosphere. I think Thursday night. It's obviously the first um, European game for a few years for Ren um, at home against the team. They should be. You know, this is the fixture. They should be looking to win more than any of the others. Um, I think Kaplanek are debuting in this competition. I don't think they've had it before. That before. No. Czech, Czech fans don't quote I, me on that. Apologies. I they think have. They've, they've made qualifying
1: rounds before, but maybe not got through. They came third in the Czech League last season. That's yeah. How
2: they've yeah. got it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it would be foolish for Ren to look at it as a, oh, this would be a nice, easy win. Um, but, you know, I think they can go in with it with, with confidence. I think they can go in and look to enjoy the game. Um... They have a slightly sort of... I know it's a ridiculous thing to say, but they've got PSG at the weekend. So it's like, well, there's perhaps less expectation on that. So they can probably go out and put that extra bit of effort in, I think, on Thursday. Um, I think they have enough to get the win. Whether we see Ben Arthur make an appearance at all, I don't know. But I think think Ren will have enough quality to get through this game. I think Ren, as a whole, have enough quality to get through the group. I don't think Mm. any of the games... Are going to be particularly pretty to watch, mm. um, but I think I, I think. I've watched Dynamo T- T- for, for over the last couple of years. In uh, <laughs> my
1: capacity as Europa League correspondent, I think that's fair. Do you
0: what <laughs> what, what do you what, what do you think of of that group film? And have you
1: got? I think it it's interesting. When we'll come to. As I say, this question we've got later on, but we've got Dinamo Kiev and Astana both dropped down from Champions League qualifying. Now, I'd say there's a massive drop off between Dinamo Kiev and Astana. Mm. Um, uh, so then you've got Jablonik as, as the starting point. So I think the team you have to be nervous about is obviously Dinamo Kiev, um, providing everything is you know calm and well organized um, on their side, but looking at the the groups that the three French teams in Europa have got, I think Rennes have got the most manageable group, so should have a decent chance of 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 going through but I think it 's going to be very interesting to see obviously how it 's balanced um, between obviously the league and, and Europa League because while you 'd say that Marseille is probably obviously the best French team in that competition they've got a slightly trickier group to navigate so it could end up being quite kind of even between those two but i do think bordeaux overall are going to struggle if they don't pull themselves together
0: yeah i'm am just think. looking i'm just looking at dynamo kiev actually uh, this this squad i mean you think back to the rebrov shevchenko glory days a long time ago um one thing that does leap out at me, there isn't a lot of goals in this side. If you look at their entire midfield and forward line, um, you are looking at five goals amongst uh, 2, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18 players uh, in the last I mean, five okay, games
2: what, like does, what does their
0: central defence look like though? Because uh, well it's got Thomas Kadar in it so make of that what you will um, it, it looks fairly old um, Pantic is in there P- uh, Pavaric is in there a, made the Croatian World Cup squad for memory um, there's a lot of um, Ukrainians I, I'll be honest I haven't heard of one with the lovely name of uh, uh, Shabanov sounds brilliant um, there's obviously your standard Popov as well um, it's, it's very hard to tell um, I am being a little bit flippant of course but there aren't a lot of household names that you for example if you said Shaq Dodonetsk I think a lot of people would be able to name a few of the Brazilians and hmm. a couple of their traditional players that have been there for a while there isn't a lot in that Kiev side there is one player that intrigues me called Teche Teche interesting uh brazilian so he might be worth a look but um yeah i don't know Uh, it just doesn't look like a side that scores many goals the last five fixtures they've scored one in one game one in one game nil nil no goals in that game. so yeah three goals in the last five games it's not right not prolific
1: we we did have one uh no uh, that's sorry that was somebody else that was that sorry if, you, if, you're,
0: if you're listening to this and you're a Dynamo Kiev fan and you want to bang the drum for Kiev, please do get in touch. But uh-huh. at the moment, I'm not having them, uh, other than the fact... Is, is it still a plastic pitch in the in the Luzhniki Stadium? I think it is. Uh,
2: no. no. That's Moscow.
0: Oh, is it Moscow? Okay. So, Luzhniki's, other than... Luzhniki is Oh, you're right. Moscow. It is. Yes, CSK Moscow. Is it, is it, is it
2: another... No, Olymp- oh, it's not an Olympic stadium. Uh, it? NSK
0: no. Olympitsky, I think it's called. So, that does oh, suggest it's an Olympic
2: stadium. So... Um, I think uh, I think Astana might be a plastic pitch. Okay, should we leave leave
1: the gardening and move on to the Champions League?
0: Oh, I was enjoying that. Alan Titchmarsh is getting his trumpet out and everything. <laughs> um Just to round off that group, all I would say is yeah. Other than the climate and potentially the plastic pitches. I think Ren should be okay, but then, you know, I'm banging the drum for Khan, So what can I say? Uh, right, let's indeed talk some Champions League. Um, shall we start with what I would say is is the biggie? Um, PSG Liverpool. I think any arguments. I can't see any arguments really for that other than being that is the big game. It's at Anfield. Um, Connor, let's start with yourself. Is this Basically, everything the season hinges on for PSG. I mean, every season they go in, Champions League is what they want. Um, We might touch on this ludicrous thing with the kit in a minute because I want to mention that. But on the pitch, um, we'd like to see Marquinhos in midfield. Um, The big three probably will start. Is it a case that PSG are going to Anfield to try and outscore the team that try and outscore everybody else in Europe? (laughs)
3: Well, to answer your first question, uh, yes, I think <laughs> the season does hinge on this, um, uh, as it seems to every year now. Um, it obviously normally the early Europe games are quite low scoring, quite tentative. But as we've seen from Liverpool and PSG, I think didn't PSG set the record for the most group goals scored last year, and then of course Liverpool went and set the record for the highest trio of goal scorers in Euro and uh, Champions League. So. All the signs would point towards it being a high-scoring draw. <laughs> um, but let's, yeah, let's see. I think it will be a great game. It will be. I think we touched on, obviously, Burnett having a questionable debut. He'll be up against Mohamed Salah. And then you've got uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, who's a bit question, questionable defensively, up against Neymar. So it will be very interesting on that wing to see who can come out on top and maybe whose defense can be the least bad.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like that at least. Bad. That's certainly a phrase I would use.
3: Phil, is this, is this an opportunity
0: for PSG to, to lay down a marker and make Europe set up and take notice again? Because they did that against Barcelona one week and then kind of undid it within the space of 14 days. Um, is this an opportunity? People forget Liverpool obviously got to the final last year. They are a European household name. They're, they're doing very well in the Premier League. I you know, have, can't take that away from them. But PSG go to Anfield and win, that makes Europe set up and take notice, surely. Oh, has Phil run away? Oh, yeah. Ha- oh, you're yes. back. <laughs> no, sorry.
1: Um, yeah, I think this is one that intrigues me because everything we've been talking about, about kind of the defence, is Burner any good? Are they going to play the kids? Are they going to put Marquinhos in defensive midfield? Because they don't have a defensive midfield. It looks like... I was just, uh, again, asking my kind of Liverpool um, supporting friend, if Bernard isn't very good, who's on the right side for you, chaps? And he was just like, oh, yeah, some Egyptian bloke. I can't remember his name. It's like, this could be, I mean, I'm hoping it's great fun. It could be utter chaos. I think it will um, be. Can't see any so- other way. I mean, but you're just thinking this has to be goals, which mm. almost certainly means it will end nil-nil, nil-nil and we'll yeah. all just hate ourselves. Mm. Um, so this is, looking at this group as well, I mean, so you've got Napoli, you've got Liverpool and Svenna Zvezda coming back for yes. since since how long? Um, you know, they might be the, the lowest ranked team in the group, but they're going to be they're going to be completely up for that. So I think this game is going to be great, and I think Liverpool might just nick it because I think they're more organised at the back.
0: I have a feeling PSG will nick this, but um, Rich, let's get your thoughts as well. I also would like to ask you um, about this this kit thing, um, when football meets
1: basketball. What the hell? I still can't work out what the hell this is for. Uh, Are they it, actually it, going to start playing basketball? Because they have a basketball team already. They're quite good. I met them at the I,
0: airport. They're really big. I may be slightly cynical here, but I would suggest it has something to do with something called money and not a lot else. I don't think this has anything oh, to
2: uh-huh. do with Well, I think, I think we can probably look at FFP. and Yes. And the, they're sort of like lining themselves up so they can make a big purchase in either January or next summer.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, for the, for the record, the, the kits themselves. um If anyone doesn't know, by the way, this is the story that PSG have aligned themselves with with Nike, and they've done this uh, sort of Jordan kit, black and, and white. So they've essentially got two away kits. A lot of people have said, "When are we going to have a, a kit for for weekday games, and then a, a Christmas themed kit?" Which I think some Bundesliga teams have already done. But they've when will they, it they've,
1: they've already got this massive sponsorship deal with Nivea for men so i'm mm. just waiting for it to turn up as kind of you know mid blue and white with a kind of droplet on the shirt I, don't, don't say it out
0: loud because they will they will do this you know but
1: um, anything that makes the kids near me look more dumb
0: i mean it is a nice kit i mean i must admit i'm tempted but kits aside um Rich, it, does this game literally come down to Mohamed Selfish versus Neymar? Because that, to me, is the key thing. If if you keep Salah quiet, or if he decides to go on this, as I say, selfish run where he's just insisting on shooting all the time now instead of passing to teammates, which is quite humorous. Um, and is it which Neymar turns up? Or do we look at it from the other side and say, is it a versus um, mm-hmm. Mbappe line well,
2: Or I Cavani think... versus Firmino? I think you look at the fact that Liverpool have been excellent in the Premier League without Salah actually being anywhere near the levels yep. he reached last season. Um, he seems to have escaped some of the sort of prying eyes that some other less fortunate Premier League players uh, um, have have been victim to criticism already. And he seems to have escaped it without actually, I don't think, playing too well. But Liverpool mm. fans will no doubt disagree. Um, yeah, I think, I think Mane coming into this is... Probably their key player. I think he. I think he's a really underrated Liverpool player. Um, you know, a big, big fan of his. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I think I think a lot of this will rest on Mbappe. Mm. I think a lot of people will know what to expect from Neymar now. I still think there are people that don't quite know is perhaps the right word, but don't perhaps appreciate just how good Mbappe can be. Mm. Um, I think if Liverpool take their eyes off him and instead focus on, um, you know, marking Neymar out of the game, that that could be their undoing. Mm. Um, they need to be on the one. This is what makes PSG so dangerous, is that you know you're forcing teams into having to mark closely three, maybe four, you know, world class mm. players in Neymar and Mbappe, Cavani, and let's not forget Di Maria is still a very good player, yeah. um, and is their top goals, top goal scorer this season so far. Um, mm. So the fact that they can bring those four to the table, they'll then have the likes of Verratti in midfield, they'll have the likes right. of Rabiot. in midfield. Is he, Is he fit? He's not available, I'm sure. That's
1: why we're having this whole uh, tossing a coin for who's well, in. Verratti?
2: Hmm. I don't know. I've, not, I've not heard anything that he's not available. I, right. I know right. he played well, yeah. um, the so. weekend. It's, it's maybe the further back situation, but, I, I don't I don't fully uh, I don't fully, I mean it is a another square peg round hole I don't I don't see Marquinhos as a not as me. a defensive midfielder. for PSG he's, he's already done center back and right back it's like guys thinking what we we all know, we, we all know, we all <laughs> know that, that PSG's best center back pound is Marquinhos Ryan Darbo. Mm. um you know we know that so you know we're in this position and I saw Jonathan Johnson um, tweeted something quite cryptic uh, earlier today about that Tuchel wasn't able to put out the eleven that he wants no, to put that's, out. Which that's I why that's I it. was asking about um, asking about uh, Verratti because of that.
1: Mm.
2: Like you say, well, there was, there was, there's been talk. There's been talk for the bulk of the season about Tuchel perhaps looking at Marquinhos as his defensive midfielder. Verratti isn't necessarily the defensive midfielder. That they want, you know, they want Verratti to be pretty much box to box. They want someone then to sit in front of that defence, and they and want Julio Cycle, don't they? That's that's who they want, and didn't <laughs> get him in the summer, and that's you talk. Well, about they, but that, Fabinho is the is the one that yeah you know, yeah true yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that that springs to mind. But anyway, they're they're left with you know coming into this with a you know it was Lo Celso last season, it's Marquinhos this season. I miss Los Um So. <laughs> how he copes I think will be will be key it's perhaps a little of a, a bit of an unusual position for him mm. um, it, it I've no doubt this will be an entertaining game mm. um, I, i'm I would perhaps go with that I think Liverpool could just about sneak it mm. and then we'll not hear the end of it um, but there was one thing also that I wanted to bring up that I've seen so many tweet about today and I think it was an article in the echo about I think I'm, it may have even been written by Jan Mulby. Um, about the, was the, it, was ne- it written in crayon? <laughs> Neymar and Mbappe, how are they going to cope? They're never going to have played in an atmosphere quite like this. Oh, I, know, I, I saw I that. And the, the famous like, well, well, Anfield Roar ne- of the lights. Neymar, Neymar's pay, played in, in the Classico. Mbappe yeah. just won a World Cup. Yeah, I think in terms of atmosphere they're going to cope with Anfield. Oh, so as, as good as atmosphere as people want to claim that it is, which they're well within their rights to.
0: Which it isn't. But I,
2: think, no. I, think, I think Mbappe and Neymar will just about cope. I think if Neymar's gone oh. to the Bernabeu and still performed... I think he can go to Anfield.
3: I think, in fairness, that may be a bit of kind of propaganda to... Uh, yeah, home. Yeah. But, yeah, you, you make a good point. Like, uh, the the Classica where Neymar was sent off, that was fiery. And I'm sure it won't be anything like that uh, tomorrow, although it should still be a great atmosphere. So we'll, we'll have to see, I guess. I think, I think
1: uh, one thing I saw, which it, that may have backfired if it was aimed at the, the Liverpool fans, was... I saw the retweet of that by a French journalist, and it was basically several hundred PSG fans underneath going right. Yeah, <laughs> what you, do what you have to do to the main ultra
2: uh, ultra <laughs> Twitter account. So mm. this could be interesting.
1: Well, I, yeah, I mean,
2: we've all forgotten that Liverpool have to go to Paris as well. And absolutely, that's there are gonna be the key. there are certainly some PSG groups who are. Friendlier than others. Yes.
0: I can I, 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 I think I mean, you know, I I'm probably a little bit biased with my Arsenal hat on here, but this famous Anfield Underlights thing is a is a load of utter tosh. I'm sorry. If yes, if they're winning and pre-kickoff they sing that song, yada 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 um, it, it's a myth. I'm sorry. Every team that is winning at the top level, if you, if you listen to English crowds, um, here's where I'm going to get a lot of hate from people, but it, on the whole, if you listen to Champions League nights under lights and you listen to the English crowds over European games, your Barcelona's, your Real Madrid's, your Bayern Munich's, your Ventus's, your PSG's, Marseille is the same, that the atmosphere they get is 10 times more infectious than, than English grounds. It just is. Um, same, same with Old Trafford. You know, I, I think it's I'm just not. The
1: ability not... to stand up.
0: That certainly helps, um, but i I think for I think foreign fans, quote unquote, that come to England, you know, they
2: outsing the English fans. They just do, and that's just the way it is. Well, we, just have, we just have to look at the Cologne fans last season when they came oh, they to, were brilliant. Came to Arsenal, yeah, they were absolutely brilliant, and we've had more Atletico
0: Madrid fans at, at Arsenal were brilliant as well. I mean, you know, I, I think away support. I think English clubs have got brilliant away support, but I just think this under lights Anfield thing is is a myth. The only other thing I wanted to very briefly mentioned very briefly is it'll be interesting to see who's between the sticks tomorrow night as well um oh, it'll be
2: Ariola, Buffon's mm. band
0: oh but oh is he okay fair yeah. enough i'll take four, that about then.
2: three or four game ban i think in the champions league of course
0: it is yeah It'd be three, interesting to see when he's available does does he play the big champions league games i
2: think by
1: that time obviously Ariola will have had three games and therefore it will be easy for tuchel to say oh okay. no but areola's played himself into this Situation and true, yeah. Or I'm going to rest that, Hopefully, that will be uh, be the, uh, yeah. the result.
0: There. True um, that true. We should just we should touch on the others. Uh, oh, and also, of course, <coughs> if if uh, if all else fails, uh, I'm sure Eric Chuper will be there to
2: fire uh, PSG. <laughs> The game uh, um, wouldn't it be fantastic if after all that talk, <laughs> he, that was of Neymar, he was the winner, in. wouldn't it be? Yeah, it goes in off his
0: arse in the 90th minute or something. Yeah, <laughs> um, we should touch on the other two French sides, and um, we'll keep these brief. Um, probably because they are uh, the less profile games, uh, it's probably a bit harsh, but it's true. Um, Man City, Lyon, <laughs> does anyone this, 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 the, Leon any this could be awkward? Um, I I can see this being a really I, I, difficult I'd night.
1: I recommend Leon fans to get chocolate in and the drink of your choice. Maybe a sleeping and maybe mask. maybe a blanket. Mm, um, and rock
0: slightly from side to side. Um, I just can't see anything other than this being four
1: or five. Can anybody case for the difference? I mean, if oh.
3: City <laughs> maybe look at three. this and go,
1: let's play all <laughs> of the kids, all of the kids, then it might just be 2-0. Um, but this,
0: this is Pep's holy grail, isn't it? This is the, the cult of Pep is, is all about the Champions League, isn't it? And, and surely, you know, they are, I think, am I right to say they're favourites um, to win it? I mean, surely.
3: I've seen them, yeah. Yeah, I mean, is it? What, what did you say there, Conor? You reckon maybe you could hope for 3-0 rather than? Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. But um, yeah, maybe Leon should be uh, focusing on the other two games, the much more winnable ones, but we'll, uh, we'll see. Yeah. Mem-
2: Memphis and Raphael to silence the Etihad. <laughs> if, if that happens
0: rich i will drive to your house and shake you warmly <laughs> by the hand but i can't see it happening um but yeah i think i think probably overall i think you, you i mean this this leon this this game is is probably one to i don't i wouldn't say rule out because as you say a red card anything can change anything but surely the game the game the game is Shakhtar, i think which is i think that's the second game isn't it at home um that's probably going to be the one. And, and Hoffenheim, obviously, I, I think they're the, where the points are going to come, if they are going to come. So uh, we shall see. Um, and as I scroll down my list, why can I not find the other game? I can't. Monaco they're really wrong. versus. Oh, Monaco. Ah, okay. um, I think this will be a closer game. I really do this is, is you what yeah? Yannick, I think this. well
1: I'm guessing <laughs> we, he's going to get it
0: we all know that Atletico don't score more than one goal that's what I mean by close but um, yeah I mean again do we, do we? does anybody fancy Monaco to get anything from this game or, or, or do we I think
1: know, again a nil-nil that makes us all want to makes us all feel better that we're
2: actually watching the other channel for Liverpool PSG um, is probably the It's probably it's potentially worth watching just to see how Thomas Lamar does on his return hmm. um, yeah. but, I, um,
0: I, I don't know I, I don't, I'm not saying it's going to be entertaining but it is one that intrigues me um, I think if, if Liverpool is on at the present, same time as Liverpool that's PSG. the problem so it's like I've got a problem because here because
1: Jonathan I mean, Wilson will be watching it
0: I've got issues. I'm gonna to have to go three screen here because I, that one intrigues me. Liverpool BSG and then I got Inter Spurs. So I I'm really struggling but
2: well, Inter Spurs is an early kickoff. Oh that's all right. I can get that's that one out of the way. one. Yeah. Um, I think the only I think the only the thing that will be will be interesting to see is is what team gets put out for Monaco mm. and obviously how they perform as to then are they going to take it seriously this season unlike last season when they really did didn't. Really didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but um you know, it's it's probably the toughest. Yes, the tough. It's the toughest team they could have faced. I think. I think Dortmund are quite the team they once were. Or Bruges, yeah, um, Bruges. So it, not too much. Yeah, I mean, we all obviously we're you know we're all going to be watching the other game, but um, it would probably serve us all right if this was a you know four three Monaco game and it was on the Liverpool. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Just looking, we've had some questions.
0: Yes. Uh, um,
1: one of which was about Beaumont Costell's shorts, which maybe we'll keep for another time. Yeah, this um, that intrigues
0: me. I didn't actually see that, but I'm intrigued by what that question was. But carry yeah.
1: on. Yeah. Um, so we had one question from Phil, who's PGLP90 on Twitter. Are PSG the new giants we expect to be going all the way? But the one I want us to consider is from Simon Query, which, uh, who is uh, Simtam on Twitter which french team can go furthest in either competition yes and i think that's an interesting kind of balancing act uh to play up between well, um, all of them
0: well here's what i want from you. then i want one club from each of you and literally one sentence as to why uh you feel that and this is not about saying they're going to win it but the team that goes furthest so um kind of let's start with you so the the French team in across either competition that you feel will go the furthest and why briefly?
3: I'm going to be very boring. I think Paris Saint-Germain, I think, uh, I think they'll get through their group. I think they'll break their quarterfinal curse and maybe get to the semis. I don't think they'll go all the way, but I think they'll get further than previous years.
2: Perfectly done. Rich. Uh, I think Marseille, uh, I think they have, um, a relatively easy group. Um, once they can get the velodrome full for a game, um, the atmosphere... I mean, that that is an atmosphere. If people want to know what an atmosphere is, mm. a full velodrome is an atmosphere. <laughs> quite, <laughs> quite like nothing else. And we, you know, we saw that last season in the Europa League. So I think... I think um, look at the draw, obviously. But I think um, Marseille could... I don't think PSG... Will will break that curse, unfortunately for for Tuchel. But yeah, I could see Marseille getting to getting to the semi-finals um, of the Europa League. Okay, and and Phil, anything different? I,
1: I think I'm gonna side with Rich over Connor here. I, while I expect PSG to obviously do well, I think Marseille. It's a tricky group. I agree with Connor that I think Lazio might take the group, but. I think Marseille have got what it takes to to to, to go further. And I think um, it's great to have six teams in the two competitions again. Um, so I hope, you know, I think it's, there's a decent chance for, for Ren to get out. Um, Monaco hopefully will, will sort themselves out. Lyon, if they can do Shakhtar, fine. You know, it should be, It should be a good knockout stage post-Christmas as well, but I think uh, Marseille are uh, probably the ones I'd be looking at to go furthest.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to side with all of you, so um, there you go. I I actually think that PSG will make the semis, and I think Marseille will make the semis, so I'm kind of going to go with you both. Um, I I do completely agree. I I can't realistically see any of the other clubs um, progressing much beyond the knockout rounds, if at all past that so it will be interesting to see uh, what happens so uh, that's the action that is upcoming um before we finish off just by letting you know which games are coming up in league Up this weekend uh, we're going to introduce a, a new segment um it's just gonna be a nice short sharp one but we think it's something that's worth drawing attention to uh, firstly uh, Rich is going to take us through this new segment which we are essentially going to pick out one player um, each week uh, doesn't have to be a young player although I suspect most of them will be it's just a player that we feel needs a little bit of focus and is probably one for any new enthusiast to Liga or French football might want to have a watch of um, because we all know of course that Liga is the biggest uh, talent pool in Europe we all know that so um, we are going to pick out a player to watch so, so, um, this week, uh, perfectly in line with the European theme. Rich, you've pulled one out the hat for us. Who should we be keeping tabs on?
2: Um, I have gone with, and he's, he's silly as it sounds, it feels a bit like an old new name. Um, I've gone through for, for one of last season's breakout times, that's Hussam Auer um, of Lyon. Um, I think he's a, a, a really terrific player from, you know, the, from his, his breakthrough season, last season, scoring goals, dribbling for fun. Uh, running up players full of confidence despite having played sort of limited football um, as I say it was a real breakthrough season last season was, ended with him being nominated for Young Player of the Year missed out to some some kid called Killian whoever that is um, but he you know it all, it all it was pretty much all set for him to 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 take the crown from Nabil Fekir in the summer with Fekir seemingly on his way to, to Liverpool um, and then Almost a little spanner in the works for him, which is going to make this season, I think quite an intriguing season for him, is that Fekir stayed. Uh, I don't think many perhaps, at one point were expecting that, um, because unfortunately for our, sort of Fekir plays in his position. our um, has often deployed uh, sort of out to the left um, of either normally a midfield three um, for Leon. Uh, can be pushed forward a little further. Um, but without a doubt, plays better when he's sent more central, um, sort of the number ten role. Um, although he wears the the fabled number eight shirt for for Lyon. Um, but I think you know this is going to be a, a really big season for him as to whether he really is going to be that next breakout star from Lyon. Um, you know, we've we've seen over the last two, three, four seasons some Titi, Lacazette, Taliso go. Obviously, Fekir is, is the, the, the latest that will get his move. I'm sure if that will come. Um, Lina are obviously going to be looking for what's next. And our certainly last season, very much put his hand up and, and and staked a claim that that was his his title to inherit. Um, it's been a slightly more difficult start to the season. Um, he's not been the automatic starter, perhaps many expected. He's um, started I think, three of the five games, but missed... missed uh, Missed out on a spot, starting spot in two of them. Um, he's yet to find the net. Um, he's yet to produce an assist. But that runs, um, runs in line, really, with the poor form that Leon I think, have showed so far this season. So he's one of those players, when we, we touched upon Leon earlier, that I mentioned that, that Genesio has to work with to work out what, what he needs to, to return to the form that we saw last season. But there's no doubt that the talent is there. Um, and if we can get anything like last season then i'm 'm certain that there's a there 's a very real possibility that those big teams may look at Leon and actually bypass Fekir and look at our who's who's younger perhaps hasn't had the fitness issues and injury issues that fekir has had um, so it 's a big big season for hour and one definitely to keep an eye out on
0: good stuff good stuff so you can hopefully witness uh, our action as Leon go to the City Manchester Stadium Etihad whatever you want to call it uh, on Wednesday night and uh, dare I say he's quite a Pep Guardiola type player so mm-hmm. we shall see how he does um, that segment of course will return next week where uh, either Phil or Jez will pick one out of the hat uh, assuming we can pod next week more on that at the end of the show but that's mm-hmm. our new segment so if there's a player you particularly want us to have a look at or mention um, then please do drop us a tweet or a, uh, an email and we'll see what we can do for you. Um, just very quickly to round off the show then this week, we'll just look ahead to the weekend's action. Friday night sees Monaco uh, face Nîmes, rather unfortunately for them, being involved in midweek action, playing the Friday game, but such is life at the Stad Louis-Dernac game. On the Saturday game, or games, I should say. The early game is Lille against Nantes. See if Garcia can continue his good run as they play the four o'clock game. Uh, In the evening games, we have Angers-Toulouse, which strangely has the entertainment written all over it for me, but we shall see. Uh, Montpellier against Nice, which could also be a decent affair. Ram against Dijon, uh, Saint Etienne Cannes, which uh, I'll be keeping a little eye on, and Strasbourg against Amiens in the evening games. And then on the Sunday we have Rennes, PSG, uh, Gangon, Bordeaux, and uh, unless anyone has anything different to say, I think we're probably all going to agree <laughs> the game of the weekend is
1: Sunday as Olympic. <laughs> LA Oh, basically all of Sunday because obviously PSG should be interesting, but also Gangonk versus Bordeaux is twentieth place. It's like in for
0: the world. wooden spoon, isn't it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> for a desperate attempt to get off the bottom yeah. of the table. Return so of Jimmy It might Brion. not be pretty. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Return <laughs> Return of Jimmy Brian, as kind of points out there. Um, mm. could he uh, could he
2: unleash against uh, his former club. And yeah. and the return of and the return of Ben Arthur as well. Oh <laughs> yes, Good. Not that not that there's much to not that there's much for him to return to No
0: No, not at all. Um but uh, yes, so that will be worth a look. And um will just round off uh, the show actually this week by um wishing Coco to Lisa uh, very best in his recovery mm. after he suffered. Um, as, it was crucial, wasn't it, that he did oh. for um, for Bayern Munich at the weekend. So I, I, did, I did.
2: I did like his uh, his picture from his hospital bed. It of, was good, wasn't it? Operation yeah. was a success. I'll be back playing Wednesday.
0: Available Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did like that. Good. Um, it's nice to see a few. Um, I know Lana's mentioned this a few times, but the 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 um, sort of Fakir Taliso Lacazette. Harmony seems to be very. They're they're still very, very good friends off the pitch, aren't they? I think Mm. they all still uh, share celebrations and and whatnot. It's nice to see everybody rounding up, and I think the official Leon um, Twitter account posted something for him as well. So, get well soon, Coco. We all agree on that one. Right. Okay. Uh, we will draw a close to the show there then. Uh, just in case you uh, aren't familiar with Connor's work, uh, Connor, where can people find you on the wonderful world of social media, should they wish to do so?
3: <laughs> the wonderful world of social media. Uh, well, I'm, I'm one of those simple people who keeps their uh, Twitter handle as their name, Connor Ketley. So it's not too hard to, uh, to catch me there. And of course, I'm um, on French Football Weekly from time to time uh, writing uh, for the site. So he's got his author's page
1: up there so you can uh, follow what he's done uh, so far for us and we look forward to more in the future
0: absolutely and you can all stalk us as well if, if you wish that's fine uh but um yeah we we tweet all sorts of different things and bits and bobs so um please do but uh, at french football weekly is the place to find us as a collective and as i say if you've got any feedback or questions you want to ask us then please do let us know a little quick fyi for you all um phil is uh, has the audacity to take a holiday soon mm-hmm. so um as do i so it's going to be a little bit of a mixture of people for the next couple of weeks Phil's um, away next week so we're going to see what we can do in terms of getting uh, something recorded we'll do our best.
1: basically if anybody can help the lads to record themselves
0: yes not, not please with a get in or...
1: touch because frankly uh, otherwise we've got nothing
0: yeah, I'm. I'm sure we'll 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 do our best to see what we can do. But just in case your uh, podcast well is empty next
1: week, you know, um, then I'm, I'm. I'm really not. I'm going to Jordan, and apparently their uh, league finishing this weekend. Um,
0: I can't imagine the standards brilliant in the Jordanian league. I, I, mean... I don't
1: care. <laughs> I want to. I want to see football. Um, um, and I think it's then all over by the time I'm going to be in Aqaba Um. So, yeah, I'm going to have to keep an eye out. If anybody in Jordan knows about anything football happening around the end of September uh, that weekend, uh, please do let me know because um, I would really like to uh, see that if possible.
0: Absolutely, and similarly, I'm I'm going to have to try and see if there's any Maltese um, Premier League action when I go over that. But uh, yes, um, that will be interesting to see if anyone can dig out a game for you to watch. There, we'll be intrigued. Uh, but yes, we'll
2: uh, we'll hope just to One, one,
1: go
0: for one it,
2: final thing. I just wanted to just to we had obviously some Kante love last week. Mm. More Cante love this week was that um, after visiting a, um, uh, I think he was visiting a local mosque. At the weekend, oh, this is um, he, ended fun up, fun. he ended up. He ended up going back to some people, going back to some people's houses who were at the mosque with him, um, and and took great delight in sharing a curry with them and watching match of the day. <laughs> and there's a lovely. It's only a brief video of just him sat on sat on the sofa, just watching match of the day with that brilliant smile of his, just having a whale of a time that he seems to be seems to be doing at the moment. But there's literally nothing Kante can do that doesn't make you fall in love with him. Just that little bit more just yeah. that little smile isn't it it is, it is quite cute yeah yeah. Oh, that's a lovely image what, what an
0: image to finish with um, right well um, thank you all for listening I uh, appreciate you sticking with us uh, for a slightly longer longer episode this week as we had a look at the European action uh, good luck to all of our uh, French teams in their respective competitions this week and obviously when Leon come away from Manchester with a 4-0 win we'll all look rather silly um, <laughs> I'll
1: be on holiday so you guys can take the flag there. yes
0: uh, I'll probably be missing in action due to shock i'll be like that person from the ring with a bent face it'll be mental anyway thank you very much for joining us uh, thank you very much to my guest to phil hi thank you and to rich thank you very much and to connor nice to meet you thank you for coming on Connor. lovely cheers chris and we'll be back as i say all being well next week uh, if not in a fortnight's time and we will speak to you then enjoy your french action